Hi, this is Web37 Daily, a 1.37 p.m. daily Twitter space about all things NFTs and Web3. Nice, nice. I remember you did like a little freestyle rap session on Spaces a couple oh, days ago nice. as well. <laughs> you know, I ran into one last night too before bed. It was like 1 a.m. Oh my um, God, I should have went to that one. <laughs> That one's a little bit more, um, it was a little bit more DJ than the 6 a.m. one, but dude, people are starting to host these random spaces. And I hop in there, and, and for a second, I think I'm Eminem. I end up sounding a, a lot worse than anything Eminem would put out, but you know, I try my best when I'm, when I'm jumping into the cipher. <laughs> Do I need to drop a beat right now? Is that what's happening? What's yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you drop a beat, I'll, I'll rap on Oh, shit. Okay. No, no, I mean, I got the soundboard set up, bro. You got to be careful what you what you promise you can do now. <laughs> I can I can I can really like actually slap a beat on this like it'll be real nice. Shout out to Doobzy. I'm so audience. serious. Like I'm dead ass. Okay, is that how we're starting? I'm in here. I will do it. Is it, is that how is that how we're starting this interview? Is yeah, it is let's just, <laughs> let's just start it like that. All right, let's yeah, do it. Not? Find some for me. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. You can't just say it and not drop something now. Oh, you were serious. Okay. Oh, oh no, we ain't fucking around. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Isn't this our intro music? Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Okay. Let me see. I'm gonna start this one out. Where? Where? So, got these NFT projects going off like Kevin. I'm in the new spot shooting like a Mac 11. We on at 2 p.m., but it's 1:37. Going so hard, I'ma shoot it like I'm Devin Booker. Got the whole team looking shook. Everybody know that this youngin' really cooked. I really played a game and I started with Axia. Youngin' go hard and I ain't never took a backseat. So shout out to the V friends. They became my friends. Went out to Minnesota and now I know I'm vacating all day in the spotlight. I chill like I'm like, but going off again, I'ma drop off that mic though. Hopefully that was okay. Let's go. Let's go. That was lit as fuck. That's actually not bad. That actually was pretty dope. Pretty dope. I'll give you the applause. You really got the soundboard working. I'm actually like incredibly impressed. Oh, why? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. Well, let's start. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Today we have popular NFT gaming creator Bryson. We're going to be discussing the top NFT games right now, his recent signing to Vayner Sports, and how he got started in NFT gaming. So Bryson, NFT gaming has been, you know, quite polarizing over this past year. Um, you know, you, you would say the scene right now is quite bearish. Um, could you just tell us what you think about that? <laughs> Can you say it one more time? I, I actually like cut out on my end for some reason. No, never mind. We'll just wrap the whole time then. Actually, no. So, <laughs> no, no, no. What I was asking um, is, you know, the NFT gaming space has been kind of polarizing these past couple of months or even year. And we're kind of in a bearish state right now. Um, what do you think about the bearish state that we are in for NFT gaming? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. We've I feel like we've been there for a while. It's been a bear long before it became a bear in the entire like NFT market as a whole. So even though 
uh, NFT gaming was doing poorly for like the last seven, eight months. NFTs have, or they were booming until, you know, the most recent cycle. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Personally, I think that it's a bit harder to show distributed value in video games at this stage, because it's not like the expectation of an NFT project where you can release a PFP and then release another PFP or a companion to that PFP and then a companion companion to that PFP and just keep releasing more NFTs until, you know, your audience feels satisfied, which most likely never happens just because everyone's kind of chasing the flip. But in the NFT world, you have to actually like eventually drop a game. You know, your token can only carry you for so long. So we're in the state where uh, everyone kind of had to have a full reset and understand that the market for NFT gaming was very, one, oversaturated, but two, very overvalued. Uh, and now true distributed value is, is starting to rise to the top. And a lot of that has nothing to do with, you know, tokenomics or getting free airdrops and a lot to do with, you know, true gameplay uh, and community building and, and the things that are the intangibles that will really sustain a project over time. So although it's a bear, I, I think it's like very good for the space. It's a, it's a way to level set and understand that we have to provide, you know, distributed value if we want to see uh, NFT gaming uh, become a thing. Yeah. And when you talk about value, what, what do you look for in a high value NFT game? I know that you mentioned, you know, tokenomics, um, longevity. What are some other things that you look for? Yeah. So, Probably my you know, most important, and initially when I got into the space, and I, I would say I didn't pay as much attention to it, but I think gameplay is like it's a game. So at, at the very core of it, you know, regardless of what you spin it as or put in the game to make mechanisms seem like it's something other than the game, at the core of root, it has to be a very exciting and fun game. And you know, a lot of people just say, you know, how do you? really represent fun and a lot of times it isn't just saying oh yeah go make a fun game because you there's no qualitative metrics to you know just constitute hey this is a fun game but the idea that i think of as a fun game is like is it something that twitch streamers would want to stream is it something that someone would want to watch a streamer play is it something that they would play you know and the idea behind that is if you look at the the games that do incredibly well in web 2 it's games with very short core game loops uh it's fps games it's games that allow you know for some level of upward progression like if you're playing valorant one of the things you'll notice is if you, you play competitive valorant you can work up the ranks or the leaderboards and you know that competitive drive or nature gets people involved versus if you're playing a game like fortnite you have a combination of you know progress you also have these very memeable dances that you can do the collaboration of different characters and your favorite streamers are, are playing the game so a lot of what true i think nft gaming in the future is going to be I, I think a lot of it's predicated on gameplay and then once you get past that you can look at other metrics like community uh, you can look at tokenomics again I, I try to stay away from tokenomics at this point after seeing kind of how they can affect a game in a negative way when they're not done well uh, but i will say a lot of it has to go down to uh, community and then providing transparency. A lot of these games aren't transparent regarding, uh, you know, how they're building and you're enlisting gamers, you know, because not everyone in Web3 as a participant is truly, uh, you know, a Web3 investor. A lot of the people that are on the gaming side are joining these games to either make money just blatantly or, you know, they want to play the game. But a lot of us aren't investors. So you're trying to turn a gamer directly into an investor without understanding that it takes, you know, three to five years to build a really strong game. And 
during that time period, you know, most people aren't holding holding these assets for three to five years. Most don't even know what it looks like to hold an NFT asset for longer than like six months. So it, yeah, it, it's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, we, we do ask you about the technicalities of what you look for in, you know, a game that has longevity, but sometimes it just comes down to, is it fun to play? Do people like it? And so that's a really good point that you made. Um, and you did mention your disdain for um, tokenomics. I know that you made a tweet a couple of days ago. You said play to earn is dead. I'm sure that's a very hot take, or maybe it's not a hot take. Maybe it's something that everyone agrees with. Can you just tell us more about that as well? Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm a, I'm going to always wear kind of, I would say my emotions and my thoughts on my sleeve when it comes to that. But I, I think the term play to earn, like the actual term will continue to be a leader in the NFT gaming category. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, most people, when they think of NFT gaming, they automatically jumble it into play to earn because that is what blew NFT gaming up. Before that, you didn't really hear about much on the NFT gaming front. We knew games were building, but the actual term, quote unquote, play to earn is what really put it out there. But I think the actual uh, meaning behind what play to earn is, is, is 100% you know, dead. To me, the idea that you can and, and I'll just give a, a brief definition. So when people think play to earn, the idea is, you know, you being able to leverage these assets in a game and earning income from just playing it. So not like almost like that income is a requirement for those who are playing. And, and, and for a long time, you know, it was great to see people earning, but you have to understand that comes out of someone else's pocket somewhere. And a lot of people became exit liquidity behind the play to earn you know, mantra that we all kind of shield out to a point and believe that it was the future of gaming. Well, the future of gaming is just still, reg you know, regular traditional gaming. The biggest issue you have with play to earn is it's not like traditional gaming, where if you're playing an Apex Legends and the game is doing well, but it, all of a sudden people stop playing it because they get bored. Guess what? That game can make a comeback, you know, a couple years later. We've seen it happen right now where Apex is one of the more popular games. If you think about a play to earn game, as soon as the token hits a point of what, what we would call Goblin Town, there isn't really going to be any level of retribution for, you know, a, a very long time. And the chances <laughs> of actually see, seeing it turn around are so slim that it's like it kills the overall public opinion on the game, in my opinion. The, the Goblin Town reference is hilarious. Yeah, we're definitely in an era of very short pump and dumps. Um, Did you know that that was where that originated like from though? Like the idea that once a project gets so bad that it hits Goblin Town and then people are like, oh, well, we're in Goblin Town. That's kind of where the whole, uh, the mantra of Goblin Town originated. That's why it's so- Oh, wow. Actually, I did not know that. That's a really fun fact. And thanks for telling us. I see a bunch of people requesting. We're going to have time um, for audience to ask Bryson questions or just give comments um, in the later half of this space. And we will also be giving out a very cute and cool POAP. Po so um, please feel free to stick around. Um, but yeah, thanks for the requesting. Just wanted to let you guys know. Um, Nick will be doing the POAP instead of Shami. And so Bryson, I know that you know a lot of people know how you got your start. Um, with Axie, but I'm seeing a, a really large variety of people in the audience. So I just want to ask you, could you just give a quick background of how you got started with streaming um, and playing Axie and how that kind of blew up for you? Yeah, of course. So I got into Axie Infinity or Web3 in, in general. Uh, it was last April. Um, I was listening to a podcast, heard about virtual land in this Pokemon style game called Axie Infinity. 
went home, went on Twitch to learn more about it. No one was streaming it at the time. And I was like, all right, well, if I can't find anyone streaming it at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night, then, you know, at first, most people would probably think, oh, it's a dead game. My thoughts were, wait, this is like an entire category that people aren't even paying attention to yet. Maybe I could be that person for someone and help them get into the game and help their experience into Web3. So I dedicated, you know, all of my time to streaming it, putting countless hours into it, uh, was able to build up an audience, uh, launched a guild. So for those who aren't familiar with uh, gaming guilds, they're very similar to like Web3 or Web2 gaming organizations like an Opti Gaming or, uh, you know, something like that. But they focus in kind of building community-based things and lending assets in these video games. And for a long time, we were lending out assets called scholarships, which were just NFTs for gamers to play with. And, you know, as a byproduct of those gamers playing with the NFTs, they would earn crypto in the actual video game. And it grew up in places like the Philippines and a lot of developing nations. It got super big. Um, and at that time, I pretty much skyrocketed to being one of the, the most well-known people in, in Web3 gaming. Um, had been chatting with Vayner for a while. And uh, we, we kind of just jammed out until, you know, January happened. And um, between that time period, my guild raised about $5 million in funding from Delphi Digital and other VCs. So we, we definitely blew up that portion of the business and, you know, in April announced, you know, my signing to Vayner Sports. So it's definitely been a, a bit of a movie, but I definitely attribute a lot of my success to my time spent at Axie and the time I put in just to, you know, becoming a content creator. But it happened all over the last year and uh, I'm still trying to figure out where it all happened. That's just incredibly crazy. When you say last April, it just seems like the space moves so quickly. And by next year, who knows what you'll be known for. I saw that you started your um, new Instagram. It's more on gaming updates, news, and education. Would you want to tell us about what that is and why you decided to start it? Yeah, it's, it's so it's called NFT underscore alert on Instagram. And pretty much I want to just post pretty much daily information about NFT games or updates or news and events. So people can have a place to kind of find that info. I was struggling to find it on, on other platforms. Like I know there's big metaverses or metaverse uh, IG pages and NFT pages, but nothing solely focused in NFT gaming. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, build out in that space because I do think that as a category, it's going to grow uh, exponentially. But you guys are also doing some pretty interesting things at, at 137 about bringing NFT gaming uh, to more so the forefront. When are you going to share some information? I'm about to flip the switch. Now I'm the interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> you played the Uno reverse. Yeah, um, I mean, definitely putting the games at the forefront starts with hosting spaces and providing content with people like you. And so I'm just going to switch it back and ask you more questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it's awesome. Our um, gaming editor, Elton, is great. He actually wrote the article about you um, being signed to Vayner Sports. We we're very lucky um, to have you um, with us in our whole Vayner um, Sports, Vayner Media, Vayner X um, ecosystem. And so we're excited to see how that plays out through time. And so I know that we haven't released it yet, but you are writing a NFT power ranking article with us, a collab article where you rank the top NFT games right now. Very exciting. Yeah. Would you want to give us a quick little preview 
just some some morsels are you guys are you guys okay with me doing that like you want me to actually name off like positions of where i put games or would you prefer me to just say a, a couple of the games that i think are good that are on the list let's let's leave number one empty so that people can read the article after but everything else fair game Sheesh, you really put me on the spot here. I mean, so <laughs> to, give, to give you guys a, a sense of like my thoughts, initially when I was writing this, and I actually like went back and forth probably like 10 times and moved different games on and off the list. Um, and, and the reason for this was you realize that there are some games that are good at certain things, but then there are other games that are, are, are good at things that involve like tokenomics or some are better at longevity, some are better at gameplay. So coming up with a list that kind of encompassed everything that made sense in a way that doesn't shade one game or another, but leaves there so much room for open, open interpretation. I really wanted to focus on, you know, gameplay being the most important, but understanding the importance of longevity, community, tokenomics. So, I mean, I'll go through, I guess I can go through them, you know, in in, in, in or certain order, but to start at the bottom, number 15, uh, it was a game called Voxies uh, NFT. So I know they did a, a launch last year of their early stage game or alpha. And um, since then they've been building quietly, but They've been around, they've been tried, true, and tested, and my thought process was, yeah, let's get them on the list. And then going down, you know, 14, I had Nifty League, uh, 13, Galaxy Fight Club, 12, Undead Blocks, uh, and and I think Undead Blocks will probably be, like, further up the list. So Undead Blocks is very similar to Call of Duty Zombies, for those who have ever played, you know, though that style of game if you're interested in call of duty and you like the zombies game mode the mini game mode then undead blocks is for you it's a triple a style game so i had to put them around 12 uh decentraland rounded out number 11 and then at 10 i had gods unchained it's another card game uh very similar in the mold of i think there were five or six card games that were very big last year but they they had to be on the list Number nine, a game called Mini Royale Nations. It is a first-person shooter. I think it's a combination of Counter-Strike and Roblox. So if you do enjoy those style of games, I would definitely say that one is for you. Eight, Spider Tanks, done by Gala Games. I got to try it for the first time at VCon. Amazing game. I actually feel bad for not trying out more Gala Games-related games sooner. So I had them at number eight. Going up to seven, Thane Arena. Of course, they get all the backlash because their tokenomics model is complete garbage, but the game on mobile slaps. I mean, if you're bored, if you need a couple of seconds, you're, you, you, a couple seconds between you know a meeting or you're at the airport, you can load up Thane Arena, play it on your phone right now, and it's absolutely insane. Well done, uh, mobile game. Probably the best mobile game out right now. Um, number six, I had Sandbox Game. I think that, you know, their metaverse is going to be very all-encompassing. Of course, no one knows if it'll ever reach anywhere near the heights of a Minecraft, but it was still a pretty interesting game. Um, Axie, I had to put Axie in the top five, in my opinion, even though they're going through uh, such a chaotic time. I think the game in general has been a staple in NFT gaming, and it's the reason why the category as a whole has gotten so much vision over the last, I think, six to eight months. So from my perspective... Uh, they have the money, they have the team, they can make updates. Not sure how they get there, but I definitely wanted to put them in the top five for what they were able to accomplish last year. Alluvium at number four. If you've ever played League of Legends, Team Fight Tactics, you definitely want to tap in and pay attention to Alluvium. 
Number three, I had EV.io. Think Halo 3 on the blockchain, but the game can be played in the browser. So it's an all-inclusive game that anyone can jump into. And very similar, they have like this competitive mode. They did about a $10,000 tournament a couple of weeks ago. So EV.io is a great one to look out for. And number two, the last one I can share, big time. It's going to be an insane game. Think World of Warcraft mixed with a bit of Elden Ring style mechanics and battling. And you got yourself something crazy that is being built there. I'll leave number one and I'll reserve it. I've talked about this game a bunch over the last couple of days. Uh, but my reasoning, I think, is spot on for the reason why I left it at number one. And without a doubt, still the best game on blockchain. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was a really great, quick way of just listing them all. Um, I brought up Arise on the stage. His name is Logan. He's part of 137 Gaming. And I just want to ask Logan, what do you think about this ranking? What do, what do you have to ask Bryson? Um, yeah, the, the ranking's dope. I was checking out Alluvium. Alluvium is, is really sweet. Um, it's one of the it's it's one of the NFT games that I'm more interested in. Um, it's still in its beta stage, is that right? Yeah, it's it's still in beta, and you know I think once they launch their open world, there's a chance you could see it slide a little further up the list. But just in what I've seen in the beta mode, I was just like, man, with the the quality of the graphics and what they've done uh, with that current piece, I was like, there's no way I don't have it in my top five. Yeah, facts. Um, so my question is. Um, is it a goal of the NFT gaming space to make all in-game items an NFT? For instance, um, if Apex or Fortnite was an uh, NFT game, would the goal be for every skin to be an NFT that they could use on the blockchain? So I think any skin that uh, has the ability to be purchased or has like the has some sort of value that they're backing, then yes. But, you know, in certain games like Play Blancos, they don't have uh, every game. Everything's not an NFT. So they have free skins that people can use that aren't NFTs, which I think are also very good. So giving your audience like a, a good amount of free skins that they can kind of cycle through and then have, you know, those upsell NFT skins or in-game assets as well. So I don't think everything needs to be an NFT, but I, I definitely think there's value in, in, in having it to where there's a fair amount of them or the majority uh, are NFTs on the open market. Got you. Makes sense. Was there anything else you wanted to ask, Logan? Can I ask him a question? Go for it. Yeah, so my question would be, based on your NFT gaming journey thus far, what do you think are some of the biggest hurdles in onboarding more users who are, you know, used to Web2 based video games more so than the idea of crypto or blockchain based games? Yeah, so um, I, I'm pretty ignorant with uh, NFTs and, and games, but um, I have been keeping my eye, eye on it. I just haven't got too involved. But I think the biggest hurdle is it, it's probably just going to take a bit of time. I think it's going to happen anyways, where NFTs are going to you know, be completely involved in some sort of capacity in every game. Um, but I think a lot of people just don't understand the fact that um, you know the investment that's involved in it. I think a lot of people believe that they have to spend, you know, an enormous amount of money to, to really get involved, which, you know, you've seen with Alluvium isn't going to be the case. There's going to be a, you know, free to play option up to a certain point. Um, and I think that um, something that I kind of had like a, a epiphany on a, a bit ago was um, 
the fact that if you you know purchase one of these nfts you can just um you know resell them as long as you know they you know the project is still active or whatnot um it's not like you're you're buying a a Fortnite skin and you can't just resell it and and use it in some sort of way there's still going to be value after you buy it so it's a lack of understanding um for a lot of people that aren't really involved i, I totally agree i think that there is a, a level of education that it's on us to help bring to the web 2 space and the reason why i think it's on us is because if you look at the types of examples they've been given so far for example unfortunately what happened with a couple members of phase clan that were you know pumping uh crypto projects that weren't you know legitimate and you know they ended up getting removed and you know content creators see that and the first thing they see is you know why why would i touch it and you know i feel the same way for them if you are a web2 based creator you're making a ton of money you know the games are, are you're getting into the games you want you know, the risk of touching NFTs and not doing it in a way that is educational and actually providing value is so detrimental that it could, you know, in a sense, tank your brand. I know for myself, uh, you know, one bad game, you show one or talk about one bad game, regardless of whether or not you're getting paid, people will automatically think you're getting paid and they're going to blame their misfortune on you. Uh, I, personally, I saw this happen so much with Axie Infinity where people were you know, shooting me so much just negative hate back when Axie went through its initial turmoil around the game. Oh, are you a part of the team? I put this much money into the game and it's not doing this. And I'm like, dude, I'm just a regular guy playing the game like you. I don't have any say over what happens with the ecosystem. I don't control token markets. I wish. I'm not Elon Musk. If I, if I could, I would be. But, you know, I don't control those markets. So it is a thing of your entire reputation is on the line every time you talk about something in the NFT and Web3 gaming space. And if you don't feel comfortable enough being able to stand on what you talk about, you're always going to be put in a situation where someone's testing where you go or testing your brand relevance or testing how transparent you are being in the space. And I think a lot of that is, you know, the importance of being open, being honest and, and giving your, 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 you know, your audience true feedback regarding like what's happening in the space and then requiring them to do the same, you know, to you. Like I would always ask my audience, Hey, can you guys let me know if you think I'm, if you think I'm messing up here, you know, check me, feel free to talk to me. I'm a regular guy. I want to improve just like you do. So I think for any creator, it's important to understand that, you are only as good as the last project that you talk about. And if you talk about something that is, you know, problematic or becomes problematic, your brand is guilty by association, unfortunately. Does that scare you to, to feel that at any moment you could, you know, maybe get canceled, you know, like what happened, like what you mentioned with, you know, phase K who is now just K. Yeah. Well, it did at first, but I mean, I never took, I never took payment from any of these games to talk about them. And, you know, the reason why I didn't was initially when I was, when I was like really just popping off, I was like, yo, yeah, there's games offering me, you know, dude, there were some projects that would offer me $7,500 just to tweet about it or to talk about their game on stream. I mean, turning down multiple, multiple bags where I'm like, wow, I probably could have just took all those bags. And even if there was, you know, some negatives, uh, according to, you know, my, my actual reputation, like I would be incredibly fine. Uh, but you know, my thought process was one, I want to be in this for the long game, but I always looked at the bigger picture. I don't want the $7,000, you know, one time talk about my project thing. I want to do the collaboration that takes 
NFTs and financial inclusion and intelligence and brings it to 150 to 200 schools across the United States and has backing by major, you know, crypto exchanges like an FTX or a Coinbase. I want a deal that's so large that my brand and me passing up on all of those little things was just a byproduct of creating something much more larger, much more expansive, and much more on par with how we bring that next five to 10 million people into the space. So I don't look back at it and regret you know, turning down those deals. And I 100% wholeheartedly believe, had I taken them, I wouldn't be at Vayner right now. Because I think when Gary reached out, he saw that I wasn't someone who was out here being swayed by you know, dollars coming in in crypto. And more so, my idea was, what is the mission that I want to accomplish and how do I stay the course and make sure I get there, regardless of the money that's being flashed in my face? Very, very respectable. And um, you're playing the long game. Um, Ezra from our team also has a question, and then we'll start bringing people up and introducing the POAP. Hey, Bryson, thanks for sharing everything. It's really interesting. I love the NF I love the gaming space, and that was like my first love before NFTs. So it's really interesting hearing your perspective. Um, my question is, when when people are first entering the gaming space in NFTs, do you have like general advice or pointers for them to, you know, experience this totally new landscape or like thoughts that they should keep in mind? Yeah. Uh, so like on, on all fronts, it's a little bit different. If you want a good game to get into and just say, hey, I'm buying my first NFT. Uh, what I would recommend personally is going on to or downloading Blanco's Block Party as your first game, because you can actually even before setting up your, a wallet use your credit card to purchase an NFT that you can transfer to your wallet later. So you can actually own an NFT without having to go through all of the hurdles initially. And it's a great way to get into a game and an ecosystem that isn't scammy, isn't malicious, isn't you know dangerous uh, in terms of like your growth process in the space. I think that once you feel comfortable kind of with the overarching information, I would say, you know, go through the process of setting up your MetaMask, doing all of the basic things and then going on OpenSea or LooksRare. I would say LooksRare just because it's a little bit more decentralized, but going in there and buying an NFT for maybe 20, 30, 100 bucks, but buying something just because you like it. I, I think we over time we've gotten so caught up into what's going to give me the next you know, 50 or 100, 100% gain in two to three minutes or two to three days uh, in the NFT world that we forget that at the core root of all of this, back when OpenSea launched, you know, two, three, four years ago, and there weren't that many users because people didn't understand why this stuff existed. The one, the people who were buying were people who just really liked the way art looked or liked the way that something moved around on a screen in a digital way. And they purchased them with, you know, no real, you know, requirement or no real, you know, subsection of requests that they had for that creator. So I think your first NFT should be a purchase that you can say you just made you were fine losing the money if it happens and then diving deep into discord communities. Some of them are toxic, but you know, if you can find the right communities that allow you to just learn from them, uh, one of my, one of the reasons why I got in so deeply was one of the first people I met in discord was just like, yo, let's just go and I'll show you some things around NFTs and you can create so many lifelong friends that way. So I would just say like jumping into the ecosystem kind of head first, but not on the deep end, like, so just jump into it around three to four feet uh, and allow yourself to get in, learn a little bit about the ecosystem before you dive in and start spending, you know, enormous amounts of money or do things that could be a bit more risky, especially in the bear market. 
I love that. Dive in with your time versus your wallet first. Exactly. Yeah. Like just become a student of the game and then eventually you can become the, you know, the person that's bankrolling the game. Time is the most valuable asset when you think about it. That's very true. Uh, but you can't, you can't. Even oh, no, I'm not saying that as a counterpoint. Don't please don't interpret that as being a counterpoint. But yes, you do have to dive in for sure. Um, and, and really do that research. I think that goes across into Web3, across every single different vertical that you could imagine. But yeah, no, it's, I mean, it, it, time, it, time's important. Time's important. Nick, Nick, what was the first, um, the first NFT that you purchased? Do you remember it? Yes, I do. Can you share? Uh, my very first was a Galactic Secret Agency. It's actually in my profile banner. Fun fact. <laughs> That's actually pretty sick. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was actually a derivative. Uh, someone else made it, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Anyway, while I have the stage, um, I actually would like to do the POAP now for everybody. So, POAPs are proof of attendance protocol. They're free NFT. You can come and see the pin tweets. The very last one, if you scroll all the way to the right, we have a step-by-step -step guide. If you miss any steps, it's not too, too complicated, but here's how you do it. One, you download the POAP mobile app on your phone. It's available on Android and on Apple. Download the app, get all set up. Once you're set up, you can hit the bottom right corner to mint. It's a mint button. And then you hit secret word. And the secret word for today's POAP is Axie Infinity 137. And Axie Infinity are both capitalized. And it's all one word. So Axie, A-X-I-E, capital A. Infinity, capital I. And then 137. That is a secret word. Again, download the POAP mobile app, hit the bottom right corner, hit the mint button, secret word, Axie Infinity, capital A on Axie, capital I on Infinity, 137, all one word. Can I get some reactions to see who was able to mint successfully? Okay, okay. I'm we trying to mint mine right now. Amazing, amazing. We're getting a few different here now. Um yeah, Bryson, let's make sure you definitely get it at the very least. <laughs> we'll definitely want to make sure you get it all squared away. So, um, yeah, I'm seeing a bunch of reactions in the crowd. So people were able to successfully mint their Po app. Um, pope, pope, pope. Pope, pope, pope. I love it. I love it. Um, you got it all right, Bryson? I'm I'm actually think he's going working there. on it. Yeah, I'm going through the steps now. Oh, you're okay. You're I didn't downloading even have the app on my phone. So ah, I got you. Does got that you. mean it's gonna be your first one? No way. Yeah, it's my first Pope. Woo! Oh wow, wow, wow! That deserves and it's it. It's gonna be of you, and it has your pearls too. Be super. I'm hype for the pearls. I don't. I don't think like people realize. Now you don't need to. You don't need to have the big bust down chains anymore. You know what I'm saying? You don't. Diamonds. Diamonds are getting played out. It's all about the pearls. But for you single men in the crowd, you know, women. Women really like the pearls. You know, I got a lot of compliments. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for that, Alpha. 
we're going to start bringing up people from the audience now. <laughs> um, let's start with Wen Milk. And then we will move on to Football Critter. LZN, I see you. You'll be after. Wen Milk, you have the floor. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, how's everyone doing? What's up? I just wanted to say hi to Erica, really. But I don't know. <laughs> um, no more questions. Just wanted to say hi to Erica. Oh, oh you're the rock guy. You have the yeah. rock NFT. Okay, cool. We talked before in a space. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, 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 thank you. Hello. Hey, I don't know. That's all I had. <laughs> Hope you have a great day. Rock on. Oh, my hey, God. The on. pun. Oh. All right, football critter, how are you doing? <laughs> Yo, I'm good. Windmilk, an absolute legend. Yeah, I just came up here to to ask Eric, see how Eric was doing as well. No, I um, I'm uh, super interested in the intersection of NFTs and specifically FIFA. Like FIFA is what raised me. So Bryson, I was wondering how you see uh, NFTs kind of intersecting into those yearly games, um, specifically from like how does someone like an EA financially incentivize themselves to do so? Because, you know, I, uh, I'm i sure you're you're familiar with, with FIFA uh, using foot uh, coins to be able to purchase those those players, like the packs, whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, bro. They used to scam me every year. <laughs> no, I, dude, sure. I, I mean, FIFA. it's the best $60 I spend every bro. September. So my wife oh, has saying. no idea what's going on, but that's you, what's up. You can't beat it. And, and September is around the time where – you really don't want to be anywhere else other than playing FIFA. I'm a huge Chelsea fan, so trust me, I was buying FIFA every year, spending money in Ultimate Teams. But to answer your question, if I worked at EA, there wouldn't be anything that would incentivize me to, to switch over to NFTs. If I already know there's going to be people like you and I spending two or $3,000 a year you know, between buying the game for 60 bucks and then all of the Ultimate Team packs for players, I don't see why I would want to... like allow you guys to own your assets like why would i want to do that but to be honest uh, i think that the way to get them in is just gamers speaking out against their malicious practices it might take a while but i mean they make so much money off of ultimate team in the current state they're not incentivized to ever switch it and, and you know i don't i kind of don't blame them from the perspective of hey ea sh shareholders are going to say hey, oh yeah we're just going to give you know ownership to the players I mean, to the, to, to the players that are playing the game. I, I don't see it happening anytime soon. I'd love to see it happen, but you'd have to get very creative with it. So, for example, if EA did this NFT thing, would then those would a portion of those NFT sales have to go back to, you know, the players who are the actual NFT? Like, there's a lot of intricacies there. So I do think eventually they'll have to move to the model of player, like, ownership, but it is still, in my opinion, probably three to five years out, considering there's no pressure from the traditional gaming world to do it and all of it stems from the pressure from those from in those communities the only way ea or any other big company shifts is if they start seeing you know the either the markets are higher than what they're currently making or they start losing money and and up until this point neither of those is, is the case what they see is oh you know these games launched they had these models a lot of them didn't work most of them didn't work most of them won't work but the couple that do work there will be the use cases that bring in those future games, but it might be a while to be honest. But if we do see FIFA Ultimate Team with NFTs, bro, oh my god, I, I know what I'm streaming. I know what I'm streaming. It's done. It's a wrap. 
100%. Yeah, thank you. And also, thanks for picking up uh, one of the critters yesterday, bro. Appreciate I got it. eight of them, bro. See? Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got eight of them. Oh, we sweet. We love Jeff. Yo, thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me up. You can talk me down. Appreciate you. All right, LZN, sorry for keeping you waiting for so long. Oh, no worries. No worries. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I want to, so like, um, uh, backtracking to the conversation that Bryson and um, uh, Rise were having earlier, like, like, what's the best way to um, uh, educate the general population about, um, uh, about uh, um, uh, NFTs and Web3? Uh, do, do you guys think that um, mass adopting the the Ethereum name service first will be the big step there, or or what do you think uh, will it be? Yeah, I think that's a, a great question. I love ENS. I think it's a a great way to not only be able to send and and, and get money very quickly, but it's also a thing of you really get to own your brand when you have that ENS. So I think it's huge. I don't think it's going to be the major selling point that adopts that adopts gamers, but I do think it'll be a major selling point for people when they want to create brands that stick, uh, you know, stick out a lot more than just a simple here is a long Ethereum string of my wallet address. I think like the biggest things that I look at are uh, companies like Stardust that are creating uh, integrations for uh, you know actual custodial wallets that are you know managed by you know safer companies because for a lot of gamers. The onboarding process is going to be incredibly difficult. I'm at, think about the amount of scams that happen in you know Web2 gaming. And you put finances in a more prevalent standpoint in Web3, and you're making a recipe for a lot of uneducated gamers to go in and lose a lot of money. So from my perspective, I think the easiest way to onboard new gamers will be through the actual gameplay. But having a game and onboarding process that doesn't even require, you know, any wallet capabilities. Like if you truly think about it, as long as the ownership is available and the right to move assets back and forth, not all gamers need to have the ability, nor do they want to have the ability to have their NFTs in their own wallet, because that's just another layer of responsibility for them when most people are playing these video games as a decompress from their daily life. You know, so from my perspective, I, I do think that creating you know interoperable pieces of, of of code or you know applications that make it a lot easier for gamers to just jump into the games and play them without any hindrances around wallet connectivity or having to move crypto will be a better way to onboard people uh, than to force them to kind of jump into every portion of web3 allow people to participate mm -hmm. in a way that is you know understanding to them and if they're curious enough over time they will take larger steps and larger leaps to become more decentralized but ideally you don't need them to be incredibly decentralized to play and leverage and enjoy uh, the beauty that is NFT gaming. You just need them to understand that they do own the assets and they have the rights to them, you know, when they choose to to exercise them. Thanks for that. And another question I did have was, um, right now, many aspects of the blockchain technology is is very slow. Um, would mass adoption happen much faster once once blockchain can uh can um can be uh, uh what's the word automated the way that many web two platforms are? I think I think my connection went out when you when you said that. Any chance you could just repeat it one more time? Sure. So, um, so uh, like I was saying, um, right now many 
aspects of blockchain technology are really slow. So would mass adoption happen much faster once we have some form of blockchain automation the way that Web2 have uh, their automated systems? Yeah, I I 100% believe that. I think that we do need more automation. We need more applications that aid in the automation of different actions that are taken for the onboarding processes of games. And then we also just need to continue to build on blockchains that have more optimal uh, more optimal speeds in terms of transactions. I think that Ethereum as a base layer is great, but if you look at it, like most gamers could probably be completely fine running, you know, just doing things within the Polygon network on Ethereum instead of having to go into the depths of what is causing all of these slow transactions until we see a much more like understandable transaction speed. And I love to use the example of like my mother, you know, if I, my mother created her Ethereum wallet and if I told her, Hey mom, you could go pay your bills in Ethereum, you know, and she gets to the point of paying it and she realizes she has to pay six or $7 to pay this bill. Then there's going to be, you know, a 15 to 20, I don't know however long the wait time is for transactions is at this very moment, but all of these are hindrances when at the very root technology as a whole, regardless of the inner workings of what it does, it has to get to a point where it solves a simple use case for an average everyday citizen, regardless of where they live. My mother doesn't care that Ethereum is more decentralized than Solana, but she does care about the amount of time that it takes and the amount of money that it takes to get a transaction across and things of that sort. So when we're pitching, you know, our love for Web3, we all need to understand that we don't need to go so deep into the weeds that we can't like take enough time to understand that it just needs to solve one basic use case for someone who isn't currently in Web3. And that's enough to entice them to jump into it. Whatever makes someone's life easier is how technology adoption happens. Uh, this kind of started with Steve Jobs and the whole iPhone. You know, before he launched the iPhone, he started off with, uh, you know, the, the iPod that was in your pocket. And it was the first time that someone really had uh, something in their pocket for a reason outside of making a telephone call. And by something, I mean an actual, like, mobile device. And what ended up happening is by the time they launched the iPhone, you know, you had not only this thing where, oh, it's a phone, you can make calls and there's this really cool screen, but there was also other app, apps that were on the phone that included music. So it's all about training people to understand that the next layer in their technological advancement is something that makes their life easier. Oh, I see, I see. Well, guys, I got to get back to work. I mean, it was nice being on here. Uh, thanks for uh, inviting me on uh, to speak. Thank you so much, Alzian, and you have nice such you great too. ENS domain names. Thank Just you. Gems. All right. I know there's a lot of people that requested, and we're going to try to get to people as fast and quickly as possible. Um, just be sure to, you know, make your question, you know, quick and succinct. Um, all right. Let's let's have We365. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me up. Um, first, I just wanted to uh, say, uh, Bryson, um, the way you you eloquate yourself and the way you break things down, um, uh, it, it stands out, man. So uh, flowers to you, bro. Um, and my, my question is basically something that I've been thinking about a lot is... Um, I'm not I'm not really into I mean when I was in high school I would play a lot of um like MMORPG video games like World of Warcraft and those things which um were exciting back then but now something that's been on my mind more is uh building the bridge between 
uh, in real life, uh, real world skills in gaming and how people can that want to game and decompress, but also make effective use of their time. Uh, for example, um, by like building into like um, personal development, you know, mental health, enhancing connection and confidence, um, things like emergency response or um, how to be able to help someone dur- during um, during an accident or safety and financial literacy even or organizational development, things like that. Um, how do you see um, gaming uh, really building that bridge between, um, you know, just having fun and decompressing after a long day and actually absorbing um, useful information that that will uh, be productive uh, and will be an asset for you? You know, that's I have a few questions, but that's my most prominent one. Yeah, that's a dude. That's a great question. Um, I think that from the actual being in game, there's always going to be a world where gaming is just gaming and people are chatting and having a good time. But it's the work that happens outside of the actual game, to your point, personal development, making connections, creating friendships, collaborating, everything in between, that I think is incredibly powerful. Now, most of this lives in Discord, but if you think of most Discord communities, and you can all kind of reflect on your own Discord journey, you probably only chat in one, two, maybe three of the Discords, but you have about 50 or 75 Discord servers that you're in. And, you know, not only in those servers, but most of the conversation in those servers, it's like a, hey, a good morning or something very kind of service level. It never goes too deep because, you know, it's just too much going on. But these communities are here, but the actual applicable nature of how we interact and play isn't really demonstrated in most discord communities once they reach a certain size now for example it's funny that you brought this up uh, because that's an issue that we're trying to currently solve uh, in loot squad which is the venture funded company that i run Uh, we launched a product here recently uh, called bolt uh, and it works like a bounty or proof of work or proof of contribution uh, protocol directly in Discord. So it allows you to use Discord commands to create bounties. And what we've seen is these bounties are allowing people to learn new skills, contribute to different ecosystems, almost like the Fiverr or Upwork of Web3, but directly inside of a Discord server. Now, the reason why it's important to have it directly in Discord when we were building was that is where the community happens. So for one of the projects that we've seen, they launched a bounty where they asked their community to literally help them build out some of the lore of the game. And what they realized was those responses directly happening in Discord directly correlated to the growth in people creating more creative like IP for their project. And the cool thing about this is it pays out directly on multiple blockchains directly using automated commands in Discord. So my thought process behind your question would be, hey, as a Discord server leader, like if you own your own project, it would be great to see people creating different bounties or, or, or contests that people can interact with that are related to, hey, let's host a mental health night. And then maybe that person gets paid a, a really cool po-op or they earn a little bit of cash. Like there's some really cool things that we're doing on that front. I'll definitely reach out and share more information to you um, so we can talk more about it. But yeah, I think the future of community building in Discord has a lot to do with proof of contribution and being able to allow your 
best community members to not only shine, but help you build value directly in Discord. Most communities aren't really communities. They're just, you know, chats of people who are looking to flip NFTs. And the future of what Web3 can be needs to change from that aspect if we truly want to see people join the space. You know, my, my little brother's not a flipper. He's never, I'm never going to turn him into an NFT flipper, but he is someone who enjoys basketball. And if there's communities where he can go in and talk to his friends about basketball and maybe even own NFTs or play in a fantasy league, it's like right up his alley. But he doesn't need to see, oh, when is this going to release? When is that piece of news going to release? Listen, from an NFT project perspective, if everything is so focused on floor prices, as a creator, as a builder, you're never going to get to a point where you satisfy every audience. There's always going to be someone buying in at more than the previous person, and everyone always wants an update and a quick flip right now. So the best thing you can do is, is solely focus on how you turn your Discord community into a community of builders and family members who truly want to see progress happen over time. Yo, Bryson, that was that was outstanding. That was outstanding. Thank you so much. Yeah, message me directly, bro, and uh, we can chat a little a little bit more later this evening if you're free. Ah, we'll do for sure. Wow. We'll do for sure. I know. Wow is right. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, wow. I'm, that's enough for me. Thank you. <laughs> he even mentioned Poop too, and he got his first one today. Speaking of Poop, a lot of people have been DMing me saying that they didn't quite catch the code. So it is capital A. X I E capital I N F I N I T Y one three seven. No spaces. Axie Infinity one three seven. Thank you. All right. We'll have A Town Brown and then Oscar. Hey, what's up, y'all? Can you hear me? Yes, we yes, can. Sir. Cool. I, I hopped on a little late, so I missed some of the beginning of the discussion, but I've really been vibing with the stuff Bryson's been saying. Um, I work, I have my own NFT company called Metaseed Labs. We've launched a few projects. We're working on our own project right now called Grumbies, which will have an interactive game component. Um, and we've been, you know, working through a lot of these challenges that Bryson was speaking through, like, We've come up with a lot of ideas on different game mechanics, but because, you know, blockchain technologies are not quite efficient, we've had to scrap a lot of things that we wanted to do because we didn't want to put the burden of paying the gas on those highly transactional events on the players. And so, you know, my personal opinion as someone who comes from the product management development world is I wish we could evolve to a place where like this, um, this kind of like want for everything to be on chain or this like expectation of everything being on chain would be softened a bit because I personally feel like we could have so much better experiences. And I'm curious to hear like what the, the people on stage, especially Ryson have to say about this, but uh, if we could adopt a kind of a hybrid approach where blockchain functions and events can trigger things like API calls or trigger sequences or cron jobs that, update you know values in the database uh, especially when you want to do like meta metadatabase gaming or metadatabase functions or you know iterate through updating values for like the entire supply like these are challenges that we have on on a blockchain contract that are super simple in a web2 world and so i wish people were more amicable to game design that kind of like went back and forth from web3 and web2 kind of like a 2.5 approach. I feel like it would lead to some really nice, awesome 
you know, still rooted in blockchain game experiences, but ideally, like, we could up the number of, of interactions and which would make the game more complex and more fun to play. And I think that could spurn some inspiration that would eventually lead to people finding unique innovations uh, on how to do this fully on chain once we, you know, move to more, um, more, um, solutions like like avalanche or or solana or a polygon where we can do you know high volume transactions with a low gas component so not really a question i just wanted to throw that out there because it's something that's very relevant to what i'm working on right now so then you should definitely build on solana because the rust contracts already allow for this and we have a ton of dynamic nft data style things we can do it's not actually the same as you can do on like rmrk with nested data but we act in bryson i cannot believe the things i'm hearing you say because it's like i am a longtime gamer turned full-time leverage trader and last year i decided we would build a game on the blockchain since solana used rust and used parallel dap like they they do transactions in parallels what did that remind me of Intel processor back in the day, Pentium 4, hyper threading, smoked AMD. Well, that's how Solana can deliver on its promise. And yes, the network's been down twice, and that is a consensus thing where everybody chooses to reset their nodes. But at the end of the day, this hybrid thing you're talking about, and I'm just like, my heart is beating out of my chest listening to Bryson because it's like, brother, I wish I could just spend 30 minutes talking to you about how everything from web two is actually integratable and interfacing with the Solana blockchain. And Raj really helped me understand that their whole point for Solana wasn't to be some ETH killer or to like, you know, ETH people say Solana for the pores. Dude, we love that. We love when you say Solana for the pores. Why? Because that's 99%, man. Like, so when you look at these smart contracts and you look at the raindrop protocol that's coming this next month and everything that wormhole has built to allow cross-chain minting it is only a matter of months before you guys see this inter-blockchain connectivity on a real level exist specifically for nfts but also gaming protocol that allows for a universal interchangeable token that can be used across spaces. And people like me who already have a project and a token, we can create liquidity pools against the RAIN token so that if people want to be in our ecosystem or their ecosystem, it is very easy for them to swap the tokens for literally fractions of a penny because of the, the cost, right, to do business on Seoul. And then it goes even a step further. We've built APIs that work with WebGL, Unity, and Unreal, and character avatar customizers. You can see it on my profile right now, where you build your own 3D in-game characters that are rigged models. You start in our WebGL customizer, and we can pull those FBX and spruce them up to be interoperable with a collaborator's game in Unity, or we obviously put all of your models in our game in Unreal Engine. And then the final awesome. question, Bryson, oh. the, the final question Bryson has to have in his head is, well, what about everybody who doesn't have a good gaming computer? What about people who can't download and play games in Unreal Engine? What's the solution? 
well, not only can we build mini games and arcade games in JavaScript and run them in WebGL, right? That can be an extension of our NFTs. Like we have seven environments our NFTs have access to, but we also have put in the applications to set up RTX servers, right? NVIDIA RTX servers, because these blockchain games, like even though ours is kind of open world and a little more detailed, it's still, you know, six or eight gigabytes. It's not a 68 or 100 gigabyte game. So the idea that I should be able to buffer and stream these game services to anybody who has a reasonable internet connection is actually also an obtainable thing on the Solana blockchain. So I didn't come up here to do anything other than ask Bryson to please hit me up and give me 30 minutes at some point because brother, if you knew what was coming over the next 60 days, I think it would it would actually excite you because everything you said is dead ass. And I feel like Raj and Anatoly knew this and the infrastructure that, I mean, it blows me away, dude. I have a Solana tattoo on my arm and I am still like often in shock how much they've done. So I appreciate everybody letting me speak. Sorry for being so long-winded. Oh yeah, no worries. Thank you so much. I'm sure Bryson will DM you. Um, thank you. Um, we skipped yeah. Oscar, so we just want to bring him back up. Sorry, Bryson, what were you saying? No, um, no, yeah, I'll, I'll shoot him a message. Uh, I, it sounded like I was like backstage when Silicon Valley was becoming a thing and they were writing on a whiteboard for that like last finale episode when they were trying to get things to work. I'm not, it was, it got very vulgar, uh, in the Silicon Valley like show, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I'm interested in kind of hearing more, but, uh, yeah. It, it's a lot to take in right now, but yeah, we can keep going. Yeah, Oscar, are you there? Sweet. Hi there. I, that conversation made me feel like I was riding a backwards bike. Oh. Hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah he's like gigabrain for sure. <laughs> Hello. But I mean, I love the passion. Like, oh my God, where are y'all going to be so impassioned? I want some of that. But like, um, okay, anyways. Bryson, hello. Last I saw you was actually at VCon at the conversation you had, which, by the way, dude, you have an awesome fit. Like, goddamn, I want your shoes. Anyways, um, so I was hoping that you could please go back to the uh, NFT game recommendations. I am not at all a freaking gamer by any means, but I do have gamer friends. And it'd be pretty cool to, like, get the one or two who are interested in wanting to learn about Web3, NFTs, blockchain, all that jazz, to like somehow get them integrated and like recommend them some games. So if you could please like um, go back on your list and like recommend me some games for like, uh, say the ones that have no wallet that are necessary or a few games that are like COD or like those whole first person shooters or even sports games or even non-gamer recommendations. That would be pretty cool, please. Oh, for sure. Uh, so, you know, if you're thinking COD-style game, I would say uh, Mini Royale Nations or EV.io. And don't worry about down. I can actually, like, shoot you a DM. I dropped you a follow. But sick. EV.io or, or Mini Royale for, like, shooter-style games. Also, Undead Box is really fire. Uh, if you're looking for something that's just fun and kind of easy to play around, I would say Blanco's Block Party. Um, all of those games that I just talked about are, are free to play. You can jump in them tomorrow. You don't need a wallet set up to play them. Uh, but I'll send you a DM uh, with all those games as well. So you ain't got to just sit here and try to spill it off the top of your head. Okay, cool. Dude, thank you. I appreciate it. And 
Well, keep being impassioned. I love feeling like the ignorant one in the room because I'm like, oh my God, what are they talking about? I want to learn more. But anyways, thank you for your time, my guy. Have a good yeah, day. Much, bro, for sure. Always a great time when Oscar rolls through. Uh, great meeting you at VCon, by the way. Um, Hell yeah. We had fun. I missed the two other po-ups, but that's okay. I had fun socializing. Speaking yes. of POAP, the POAP right now is Axie Infinity, capital A-X-I-E, capital I-N-F-I-N-I-T-Y, 137. So it's Axie Infinity, 137, no spaces, and the capitals are in the A and the I. Just getting a lot of DMs about how people missed it, so I'm just bringing it back up again. Anyways, I know that Esquire got brought up and then he got brought down and so now we're bringing him back up thank you for your patience you want to ask your question yeah thanks uh just a quick question for bryson he mentioned this a little earlier in the conversation when he was talking about getting brought on to vayner sports you mentioned that when you're in your conversations with vayner that they recognized that you weren't in it for the money uh, that you were in it for your own goal, but you didn't really elaborate. What is your goal um, in the gaming industry? Honestly, my my goal originally was to have an enjoyable time playing these games and create a world where other people got to do the same. Uh, but more, increasingly more so, uh, my goal in this space is to uh, onboard people from you know consumer audiences, whether it's Europe, North America, into the Web3 gaming space. Uh, and also focus heavily on getting kids uh, from, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds that aren't, you know, endemic to being able to afford to play video games at a higher level um, or backgrounds that from kids who aren't able to get the financial understanding of how crypto and blockchain and, and entrepreneurship and all these concepts work. Because I truly think gaming can be the bridge and the gateway between both. For myself, I didn't know too much about uh, finance or decentralized finance before I joined the space. I was always decent with my money, but um, I, I didn't learn that at home. So uh, from my perspective, if I can help kids get a better sense of what this gaming world looks like, and it can be their gateway to understanding uh, you know, financial inclusion and understanding the deeper financial concepts that will help them over the course of their life, that's where you know my goal is. I want to put people on games so they don't have to wait 27 years to find out some of the shit that I found out. Uh, so it's definitely changed since I started. And I think a byproduct of that is playing fun games, enjoying my time in the space and, and just having having fun along the way. Like everything is is moving so fast, but I don't want to be the person that looks up in five or 10 years and says, oh, hey, I made a shit ton of money, but I feel incredibly alone in my personal life. And, you know, I'm still in a situation where I don't feel like I've met, you know, not only just the people of my dreams, but, you know. One day I want to be married. Like all of these things I think of every day when we put so much time into, you know, building in Web3. I don't want my Web3 life to overtake, you know, being a decent human being and understanding the importance of living outside of just video games. So I want to be hopefully a champion to people on all fronts. You know, I, I love gaming. I also love fashion. I love music. So I'm hoping I can jump around and help people in multiple areas in the space. Awesome. So Sounds like there may have been some really early alpha on the uh, Bryson hooked on phonics version for education. <laughs> we're, we're working on some stuff. I will say the the Vayner, the Vayner gaming team we got some big some big things planned, some big rollouts. So we're we're keeping things kind of close to the chest, but a lot of it involves educating people and, and getting this into a space where we can really 
start to get it into schools earlier and helping kids get an understanding of what Web3 looks like. Because even in gaming, it's not shaped by people my age. It's shaped by the kids. I went and spoke at a school last week. And to my surprise, I didn't realize Roblox was the most popular game. I thought it was Fortnite. And then there were kids who were like, you know, in fifth grade talking about their favorite game is GTA. So I was like, wait, 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 wait. We got we, we to gotta change that. But, you know, it, it's a process. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the answer and the time. I will uh, step down so everybody else can have a chance. Awesome. I think I'm like, wait, Bryson, you're okay with, you know, getting more questions. I know we're going over than normal. Yeah, I think I, I probably have about five. I could do like five or 10 minutes more. Uh, I'm, I'm late for a meeting, but I, I told him we'll push it back. He'll be fine. Oh my God. Thank you. Wow. Everyone drop a heart for Bryson. The fucking man. All right. Um, I don't remember who has been here for a while. Guess has been here for a while. Go for it. Yo, yo. How you doing, Bryson? I'm not sure if you remember who I am, but we met uh, a time at VCon and uh, and the after party, or the mansion party, I should say. Yeah, um, it was lit, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I went to the cookout the day after, man. But uh, I couldn't even get up, bro. Like, no cab. <laughs> I just uh, I had to drive back to Chicago that day, so it was a bit unlucky for me. But um, no, it's uh, amazing to meet you. Amazing to listen to what you're trying to do for this space. Um, I was going to ask the same thing. I think someone else has asked about like current games that you'd recommend, you know, free to play um, just to kind of get on board. Um, I watched your video on uh, the Call of Duty Zombies type game. Um, that looked really interesting to me because as we're speaking, I'm actually playing some Warzone. So it's uh, it's kind of funny to see that um, pop up quite quite soon and early on in the game. Um, the other thing I was going to ask as well is potentially about setups. You know, do these games require, I know there's some AAA games that you have shown, um, but do, you know, are there ones that don't require as much, uh, as much hardware, let's say? Yeah. So, and, and that's a very important aspect. So the two games that are like shooter style games, uh, they, I really love because they run in the browser. They don't require a high level computer. You can play it. Uh, with, with just honestly like a potato are EV.io and also Mini Royale. Both of the games are really fun, really intuitive first-person shooters. Um, and their main focuses are, hey, we want to create a game that you could legit play on any PC or any computer regardless of like your actual you know graphics card and all of those things. And even for myself, like when I'm playing an FPS, I keep that, I keep it on low quality. Like I'm trying to be as competitive as possible. So even my 3090 doesn't get, you know, the, the just do that it needs from playing on like these, these, these lesser, you know, extraneous games. So I would say EV.io and Mini Royale. And if you need me to send those to you, I can as well. But uh, they're also going to be on the power rankings list. Both of them made it. Yeah, please do. If you can send, uh, send me some details over, that would be amazing. Um, I, I'm looking at setting up a rig pretty soon as well uh, um, for more of the VR, uh, VR games. And that's a, Another question I was going to come to, are there any like VR games that you've looked at um, like in this uh, in this space? Any metaverse games that you'd recommend or um, have you just been into this? Uh, uh, like I haven't really seen too, too much, but are there have you looked at VR at all or any recommendation? Yeah. Any VR? Yeah. So one of my um, one, of, one of the people that I met in this space, she's a good friend now. Uh, she runs a company called High Street. 
uh, and they create, they have a really cool VR metaverse. But I mean, dude, I'd love for you to send me some recommendations because I, I have not driven or, you know, dive too deep into the VR space and I'd love to learn more. So yeah, we can swap rec- game recommendations or idea recommendations. That'd be great. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, again, for me, I think I've had my VR for about a year, year and a half. Um, I've only played a few games, really. I used it for the social aspect of venues and uh, kind of got a feel for a metaverse-like life prior to what we're going to be seeing sooner, sooner or later. Um, but yeah, no, I just it, it'll be great to connect, play some games and uh, yeah, just see, just see what kind of content we can make out of it. And really, I think the... Uh, the sole purpose is educating. I know you said you you want to educate, you know, people over the states a bit more and get them into schools over there and stuff. Um, my goal is to kind of do the same, but for uh, for the European side of um, the European side of it or the UK side of it as, as a start. I think you're doing it as a start in the states. So I'm looking at it from my perspective over here as well. Um, but again, it's really about educating people, trying to on- onboard as many people as we can. Um, and it's it's really not about the money that will come as long as you have good intentions, I believe anyway. So and it's it's not really about it. I think Web3 has kind of changed the aspect of money and um, especially being at VCon, I felt it was more uh, we're here for the people rather than it's not really about the money. It was a, a culture movement, let's say. Oh, you're absolutely right. And, you know, to your point, the one quote that always sticks into my head is if you're adding great value, the money will find you. You won't have to find it. It's always those who. Uh, you know, in my opinion, don't believe in what their value add truly is and don't believe that they can sustain long-term value add that are very much chasing money. Um, and, and and of course, money is very important. Like if you don't have enough to live, like if you're like not being able to live up to your means, make sure you have money. I mean, before I jumped into Web3 Gaming, dude, I was a software engineer. You know, I made sure I had a stable income before I decided to start dumping some of that income directly into my gaming career. So like, you know, I, I highly recommend everyone have a backup plan. That is your main plan before you dive in here and think, Hey, I'm going to take five grand and turn it into, you know, a couple hundred thousand or whatever, just off of NFTs. You can sleep much better at light night, knowing, knowing that you have like kind of both sides of the spectrum covered. That's true. Um, f- thank you very much, man. I appreciate your time. Um, it would be great to maybe if there's uh, some co-op games, some multiplayer, I kind of prefer playing with people than uh, playing a solo. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to create some content and create some meaningful educational kind of information out there for the next generation, I'll say, and even our generation and the generation before us. So um, everyone's here to learn, right? Yeah, well, to your point, I'm also, I haven't launched it yet. I'm working on it behind the scenes of launching a a very small and intimate Discord channel, 500 people max to start. Uh, and I want to comprise it of people who, uh, one, want to help build out what Web3 gaming looks like, uh, comprised of like content creators, like, you know, writers, thought th- like thinkers in the space that want to really focus on what we can build. Um, but ultimately, I do think that like we can get there as a whole and I'm always down to collaborate. So, you know, just hit me up. I'm following you. So we'll, we'll definitely chat. You know, it's hard sometimes because the DMs do roll in pretty heavily, but I'll make time. I feel you for sure, man. And I appreciate that. Thanks a lot for that, man. I'll let some other people talk as well. Yeah, we got so many hand raised. Um, I'm we can get so through, sorry. We can get through all of them. We we can get through those four. I don't know if there are any more after that, but I, I got I got time for maybe four. Yeah. Or five, four. 
let's do the let's do those the hands raised and then after maybe you guys can just dm bryson and he'll he'll answer your questions thank you for your patience and, and also just as a reset is please just make sure to be respectful to bryson's time he's been super gracious we are already over almost 20 minutes um and he's been super super great to uh, move things around so just um again just a reminder please be respectful to bryson's time and uh you know please limit to one question thank you go right ahead though mr future i think we lost yeah great question bro great yeah question. <laughs> i'll be pondering that one for a long time um Hey, sorry, can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Yep. Okay, good deal. Sorry, I'm actually Uber driving right now, multitasking, but I wanted to throw in this question for Bryce, because I'm, uh, I'm a video game developer, or aspiring video game developer, working on my own uh, project called uh, Opportunia, which means the, the land of opportunity. Um, and that's for uh, that's on the NFT Worlds project where we've onboarded nearly 30,000 uh, new uh, Minecraft players into the blockchain uh, space and NFT space. And also the world token uh, is all like on chain. All the NFTs are on chain and uh, there's no transaction fees. So it's even better than Solana. Um, and I'm not sure if you are familiar with that one or uh, had some some uh, input to to add to that, but that's uh, that's where my focus has been, and I'm a full believer in uh, the NFT Worlds uh, project and founders. They're they're coming out with their own domain names soon. So yeah, can I jump in really quick? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, you yourself is kind of loud. I think. Yeah, let me let me do that right now. So, yeah, I mean, so. I don't want to get into a thing where it's kind of project after project going back and forth. Uh, but I will say I'll drop you a follow. I love the hustle. I love the grind. The fact that, you know, you're finding a way to, you know, chat and talk about your project and what you're passionate about while working Uber. I really love that shit. So yeah, just shoot me a direct message and I'd be down to chat more and learn about the project like in my, in my off time, but uh, much love and nice meeting you. All right. Um, Let's see. I think we have uh, Karazav. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, hi. Thank you for having me here. So, yeah, I'm going to be really quick. Uh, Bryson, what do you think is the best approach for, uh, for a Web3 game when it comes to its economy, you know? Should they go with the in-game single dual token economy or the other way of not having a token economy at all and use the in-game NFTs loot system you know like big time is doing what do you think about this uh i personally believe that utility tokens should always be a no there's no value behind them and you'll spend your entire life building the game and creating trying to create enough reasons for that burning mechanism or for the value to be there and it will never be enough for an audience uh, but what i will say is that i think if you do want to go the tokenomics route you really need to have a strong understanding of what that token should do and what the long-term outlook of it is for an ecosystem, because once it's out there, there's no taking it back. And no game up until this point has done incredibly well with, with, with having a, a token. I don't think governance is enough. And the reason why I say that is because imagine if you had to own an actual, you know, a US dollar coin 
and have a certain amount of it to have governance right for voting in the United States. We say it's enough or we say it's like a valid reasoning behind it. But to be honest, it's not that it's not that great of a utility in the grand scheme of things. And staking also isn't a, a strong enough utility because all it is is printing more of the same token for doing absolutely nothing. So eventually that liquidity goes back into the market and the token could potentially dump. So my ideology behind it is if you have the money to go and build it without a token, do so. I would recommend trying to raise money from venture capital firms who have a longer shelf life and, and longer term outlooks in regards to how long they can wait for a return on investment versus the average gamer who doesn't have a attention span longer than, you know, like maybe a week or two. So I would say if you can get VC funding or go a more traditional route, do it. And then if not, and you do decide to launch a token, just be very honest, open uh, and responsible in understanding that it's going to be uh, the ups and downs that come with launching it. But you have so many stakeholders that you have to look out for. Uh, in making sure that that token does well. And I hope it helps. Um, you know, from my perspective, it's a very hard thing to do. I haven't built a game yet, but always open to chatting about thoughts on tokenomics. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, so thank you. All right. I think Erica uh, got rugged, so I guess I can step in here in terms of moderation but um rose uh hello how are you uh do you have a question yo what's happening uh yeah the only question i have is how can i help uh build this space and help educate others you know i shot you a dm let's see what we can do i'm the lead i'm the head of communications for Meta Legends, Meta Life, and Meta Connect. and you know these are definitely a lot of different platforms that we can leverage to help build and grow this space and you know uh, i'm out here in downtown chicago so if you want to see about reaching out to some of the schools around here figuring out how we can get some of this educational material handled definitely shoot me a message man yeah for sure i'll I'll shoot you a follow and reach out would love to have a conversation appreciate it man take it easy amazing thank you so much we have ultimate what's good oh hello uh this will be really quick. So Bryson, um, I'm curious since you know you are partnered up with with Gary V now. Um, so get, well, V Friends is like operating on Immutable X, and I'm curious because I was listening to a podcast with Immutable X um, and the founders, and they were saying that the the current gaming companies that exist, they all they all have a Web three team, and so I'm curious if there's any games that you have been informed about or have maybe even been working on. Um, that are currently like AAA companies in the in the gaming space. Uh, in the Web 2 or Web 3 gaming? You mean like Web 2 games? Yeah, Web 2 games that are looking to integrate into Web 3. I think, I mean, I've heard rumblings. I haven't worked directly with them, but I have heard rumblings from um, the uh, Epic Games team looking to do something in the future. Um, I'm not sure how deep it'll go from a blockchain perspective, but that is something that they are, I think, pondering. Um, but no, they're in indeed correct. Every company that is a web that has a gaming studio is currently looking into Web3. I think a lot of them are just trying to see and balance what the you know financial gain versus loss would be by doing something in that space. And honestly, they're using every Web3 game as a crash test solution or as a you know a lab rat. They're seeing what's happening to all of them, the good, the bad, and the ugly. They're taking as much data as possible. And then eventually when they do come in, they'll look so robust when they come in because there's going to be a ton of action happening. I mean I think it was uh, Ubi I don't know if it was Ubisoft or another company that tried to launch 
uh, an NFT in their game and they did it on YouTube or something with the video and, and had to take it down. But yeah, there's going to be so many like people who uh, in the Web2 scene decide to make these leaps and jumps. But um, I don't think we'll see a true Web2 or game come in for another two to three years. Thanks, Bryson. And yeah, thank you everyone for letting me off. And also, Bryson, I think you're a great representation of also people of color in the space. So love your work. And super excited to see what you do. Much love, brother. Thank you so much. Ethan, thank you for waiting. You'll be our last question. Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come up here. Um, It's been a very informative space. I'll keep it quick. Um, I've been a gamer all my life and was recently introduced to Web3, and I'm extremely passionate about onboarding gamers to Web3. Um, Bryson, I'm curious what role you see content creators like yourself, uh, what role do you see them playing in onboarding gamers into Web3, and how can we as community members help empower content creators? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think that content creators have like a huge responsibility. Games will always create game studios will always create games, but game studios don't always know the best way to interact with audiences. And, you know, me me being a black man in this space there, to be honest with you, there aren't many of us. So like, for example, it's much easier for me to go into an inner city school and talk to kids and tell them, Hey, you know, I got to go and play Minecraft in New York and get paid over 20 grand to do so. And then look at me like, Oh my goodness, if this guy can do this, this is something that I can do also, because this is somebody who looks exactly like me. And I think that's something that we all have to take into account in our own environments or our own backgrounds. It wouldn't be any different than if, you know, I tried to go speak in Asia about this, like someone who's, you know, who's from that country, depending on where the country is, like in the Philippines or, you know, anywhere in Southeast Asia, they're going to be able to have a stronger impact than I would over there. Not to say that I can't help build that space and support it, but it's important to understand that we all have to contribute to our own local endemic cultures and then push those cultures to go beyond and connect with other cultures. I think one of the strongest and most beautiful use cases in Web3 is the fact that you can be in Discord and be from America and not know a lick of Spanish or German or any other language and play and collaborate with someone across the world on you know, decentralized finance, NFTs, Web3, community building. You can do this right now. A lot of the reasons that, you know, we look at the issues in places like the United States and we see, you know, kind of racial discrepancies and things of that sort is because we're not teaching kids to grow up and play with each other. And we're not showing people that it's okay to interact with people who don't look like you, who don't sound like you, who don't talk like you, who don't have the same economic background as you. I think that needs to change. And it starts with educating people, showing them that these worlds exist and stop putting people in boxes. So from my perspective, in terms of how community members can help, just by simply sharing the word, like talking with content creators, like giving them feedback and constructive feedback. If I do something that you don't like, bro, feel free to chew my ass out for it and tell me the reasons why you don't like it. Sharing your thoughts and perspectives on the space and then also sharing your story. I think all of that is, is incredibly important and it doesn't really cost any money to do all of that. You know, you notice I haven't said, hey, you need to sign up for any course or do anything that would, would cause you to have to make, take money out of your pocket. So I think it's the little things that ultimately make the biggest impact. And most of that is just creating better gateways and avenues for us to connect as people. Yeah, thank you so much for that amazing answer. Um, Bryson, I will be I will be DMing you. I would love to connect if there's any other content creators in the space as well. Would love to connect with you. And uh, let's keep on building, guys.
love let's, the energy, love the space. And let's do it for giving me the opportunity. For sure. I just dropped, I dropped you a follow as well. So we'll definitely connect. Yeah. Thank that you. That was such a great space. Yes. And you guys far. killed it with that hosting. I love it. Ah, appreciate it. Yeah. He, he was the host. He Uno reversed it for sure. Yeah, he was doing everything. He was asking us questions. He was hosting. Like it was. Uh, he was, was rapping. Was he was following people. You know. It was a freestyle for me. I mean, honestly, like straight up, we actually even <laughs> in our back channels for this um, for one thirty seven, people were saying that this is actually the favorite um, space that they've heard from us for web thirty seven. So just shout out to you, Bryson. That's just a huge testament to who you are and how. Uh, well, you're able to answer all these questions. I mean, you, yeah, you just crush it. So, so, yeah. so many thanks. Seriously, shout Bryson, out to the amazing. 700 people that minted the po op. That's right, of Bryson, of cartoon Bryson, anime Bryson. Um, yeah, we're gonna wrap this up. This has been informative, engaging, fun, thoughtful, and we hope to continue these types of conversations with a diverse set of speakers every time. We host the spaces. Thank you so much. And this recording will be on Web37 on wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you, guys. Hi, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out every single live Twitter space on our Twitter at 1.37 p.m.